Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, this time with our familiar partner, the Veterans Legislative Voice, our ASG correspondent. Today is Saturday, June 24th, 2023. June is LGBTQ Pride Month and PTSD Awareness Month. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Klamer, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we want to have, once again, Stephanie Collada, the U.S. Army Sergeant First Class, a veteran and founder of the Veterans Legislative Voice, and we have some things that are going to pertain to military families, some bills and policies that are being addressed in Congress right now. So what's going on, Stephanie? Hey, uh, so it's going on. There's a lot going on, especially in the last couple of months uh, for military families. One of the biggest things right now that's really become an issue, uh, actually it's been an issue for many years, are the privatized-based housing. Have you heard about that? No, privatized-based housing. For military service members? For uh, military bases and installations when their families live on base. Um, It started happening about a decade or two ago. The government started, the DODs started privatizing the uh, housing on base. So they have contractors in charge of the housing on military installations. So are this these guys like this, they're, they're, were they just people doing the maintenance of things like that? They don't own any property on the base. They just come in and, and just kind of take care of the upkeep and things like that, from what I understood about yes. it. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then so a big thing that's really come up was in December of 2021, housing contractor, I'm probably going to butcher out this name, Balfour BD Communities LLC pleaded guilty to defrauding the military over faked maintenance reports and agreeing to pay more than $65 million in fines and restitution. The frustrating part is then the DOT maintained the contract with them and awarded them more contracts. Um, why am I not surprised? <laughs> right. <laughs> have, but the thing of it is, though, being on a base, you, have you ever seen anybody come in and take care of property? I've seen the civilian contractors come in and do like those small little things, but I never thought of it as something as grand as, I never thought about it, as something as grand as an actual property management uh, company coming in and actually managing, quote unquote, and air quotes I'm using, property yeah, on sure. on military bases because as you live in a, if you live in anything in the military, live on a military property, you're the one cleaning everything, cutting the grass, and all that stuff. So who's who exactly? Would, I've never seen anybody get paid to cut grass in the military. So, Painting the rocks outside, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So this is a little bit more than that. So this is, you know, making sure that there's uh, that, you know, the pipes stay non-leaky, you know, the electrical works, everything else goes that there's no mold or any other issues in the houses. Well, the problem is, is that um, not just this company, but other companies have been doing the same thing and basically have been neglecting um, base housing maintenance and just letting it go to waste. And they're still allowed to be operating it. And it's been causing a lot of issues for the military families. Um, the one report that I found, it, um, service members and their families experienced mold 
exposure, rodent infestations, water leaks, smells, broken appliances, rude and dismissive housing management, and adding insult to injury, there was ineffective oversight over the program by the DOD. And this is from one of the House reps from my state, Florida, and uh, from a hearing that they did back in 2022. Wow. So this is that a yeah. common problem where could it seem like we have we've, I've heard this story before where there's you're hiring mm-hmm. a, a, a civilian contractor, but there's really not a system in place or a sufficient oversight system to really check what the, that person is doing. They might have a uh, they might have to submit a report or there might even be an, ins- an inspection at some point. But there's really no ongoing oversight to manage yeah. the, the, the management, <laughs> so to speak, I guess. You're not kidding, because as someone that has worked in transportation and been around a lot of contracts, because they'll have to contract um, civilian people to do things for the for moving, transporting military equipment. And there's a bunch of other things that I've witnessed. They, the DOD has a bad rap of starting up a management over the contracts that happen. They just sign the contracts. OK, cool. And then just you know, not check back until later, until stuff, something bad happens. Hmm. And that's usually when things happen. That's how, you know, standards are made is because something bad happens, which is pretty unfortunate. Yeah. Um, one, of the, one of the bills that um, I do want to highlight, it's called um, the Military Housing Transparency and Accountability Act by Representative Republican Glenn Thompson, trying to shout out to the Republicans here. So I'm equal opportunity here for them. Try not to hate them all the time. (laughs) And this bill would establish additional requirements for the uh, military housing complaint database, basically to try to round it out to make it easier for the families and service members to file the complaints, follow the complaints, and actually try to see some action going through here. That's good. It's some progress. Um, I wonder if any of this um, trickles in, some of these problems trickle into what we've been hearing about across the country today, because we have the Camp Lejeune issue where Mm -hmm. people have been getting sick from that or have toxic exposure to uh, with that. Here in Illinois, we had a problem with one of our veteran homes um, um, for seniors. Um, Mm -hmm. They had uh, Legionnaire's disease. And that's been seems like that's been going around the country. Like there's different things like that. Is that part of the same problem? It is around, uh, it hasn't gone to that scale like a Camp Lejeune. The closest would be probably the Red Red Hill fuel issue that happened um, last year where uh, some of the 19, uh, 1930s and 1940s age fuel dis- dispositories were still in use despite the fact that they are pretty bad. And so fuel leaked into the water systems, Mm. and that was the drinking water systems. And more than the half of one of, I'm pretty sure it's Pearl Harbor in Hawaii, was affected by this. And um, the base commander got under a lot of fire because he didn't really um, address the issue because his stuff was not affected. So he didn't believe that it was an issue for everyone. Mm. Um, And he got away with retiring and an award on his transfer, by the way. So, uh, yeah, trying to highlight the people that still get away with crap. Wow. Um, Yes, it's pretty frustrating. So be on top of that and really try to nail people so then they don't get rewarded for bad behavior. I wonder if it makes more sense. I know there's this there is this push in in government or in, in legislation, I should say, to try and privatize many things. Even we've had conversations about privatizing the VA, the VA system, or mm-hmm. and the hospitals and things like that. 
is it does it make more sense to since in the military particularly the XP speaks for the army um, and, I'm a, and I, I'm pretty sure this this can go for much all branches of the military we're taught in the military to be self-sufficient you get if you get yeah. deployed to a war zone you don't you can't just go to Walmart and buy supplies you got to be, be able to compromise and do things and be able to be self-sufficient and self-sustaining for possibly forever well the problem is is that when you have a self-sustaining force to cover everything that you need for a garrison, for example, your um, your expenses are not going are not going to be easily controlled because you're going to need to hire more people to cut the grass, to do all the plumbing, to do all of these things, and then you're also paying for the benefits for all of these people. Instead, for the contracting, they pay over the uh, amount of time they pay a lot less. Mm. when they just contract out the work. So because we just need to be better oversight. The veterans, when you, when you enlist those veterans, you, they're, you're getting education benefits. You're going to get the health benefits. You're going to get all the other benefits. At least for this portion, when they hire people to work on the base, they're not paying for all of those benefits. They're just paying for them to work there. Mm. Yeah, so that's, that's the thought process on that. But the thing is, is that that tactic can be exploited. Contractor companies can be selected even though they're not the lowest bidder or, or how are the most quality bidder there's a lot of things so there's a lot of oversight that needs to happen but then again they need oversight over everything um there's another part about housing that i do want to talk about and that's something that Re- representative bacon another republican brought up uh, about the bah uh for B- everybody that don't know bah is a housing uh benefit that actually helps military people with the actual housing uh, expenses because if they have a family because majority of the time the spouse is not going to be employed and mm-hmm. we and in this economy now you cannot survive on a one person working family and particularly on a military both. salary military yeah. salaries is, is is people don't realize it's not that high i mean it's very difficult no, it's to do that unless you're living in the south and even in certain places of the south it's hard to do that on one salary well, I did the math at least right now, which actually I'm kind of surprised at the number. But then again, I, you know what, I enlisted 20 years ago, so I kind of remind my brain about inflation. Now, starting out, they get 42,000 a year, but then if you go check the living wage for a household, it's 71,000. So that's that an E1 the- right now, and E1's getting 42,000 dollars a year. Yes. Wow. But you got to, but you got to compare it to the living household. Um, income that they need to live is 71,000. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, just, it's hard and it's yeah. really hard to gauge inflation right now cuz inflation the past couple of years has been crazy. So yeah, 41,000, that was my that's what I got paid. Now I thought I was, thought I was living large in 94. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when I started out, I'm pretty sure I was right around 33,000 a year. When I started out as an E3, that's how much I got back then. But, yeah, that was barely enough to live on itself as well. But the thing is, uh, so there's also, so Representative Bacon is actually a former brigadier general of the Air Force and actually a former base commander of the Air Force base within this district. So he's actually been trying to fight for a better living wage going on for them and also to increase the BAH because BAH is dictated by Congress. It doesn't always go when inflation goes Mm -hmm. up. And everybody knows that right now what's going on 
is a housing crisis. Prices are going up really high, even for rent. Down here in Florida, the rent is astronomically stupid. And so a lot of times the the younger soldiers have to choose between paying their rent or paying utilities or paying food. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to get, uh, trying to make sure that they get a better quality life. I never lived on a base other than being in barracks. So is it is it hard to get um, on post housing? It depends on where you go. Um, mostly because of the available housing that they have on the bases that you are stationed. Um, when I was at Fort Lewis, uh, Joint Base Lewis McCord in Washington State, they had already built a ton of new housing. And so those type of thing, they had a lot of good housing there. If you go to other places um, like Oceanside, a Marine Corps base, the amount of the availability of housing is very slim. And that's mostly because of the area. There's not that much, there wasn't that much area for them to expand and build more housing. There's, and housing is really difficult even outside the base. So that's a really difficult area to live. Hmm. It almost seemed like it would make more sense to build like apartment type style housing on bases um, to to kind of alleviate this problem. Because the thing is, when you think about when I joined the military and my brother was lived on base, my father lived on base at one point. The thing of it was is that you um, you think of it as you're, you have these opportunities where they can cover your housing and cover your food and things like that. But in reality, mm-hmm. once you actually get out of <laughs> AIT or your initial advanced training, that's not necessarily the case. You, you're living a regular life. You're living in a house in a neighborhood someplace. If, God forbid yeah. you got to get moved somewhere. Now you got to figure out how to move, how, to, how you're going to deploy from, say, one part of the country to another part of the country and get your kids reacclimated in school. And that's why your spouse can never find a job because she's always moving around every couple of years. Yeah. Yeah, it's very difficult. Um, I do want to highlight another thing um, out there because military spouses, their unemployment is actually at 21 percent. Mm from the um, from the 2001 survey and that stayed relatively the same since 2015 so there hasn't been much uh, to really help them out and right now the national average of unemployment is 3.7 percent right and keep in mind too that 21 percent also has to factor in a lot of the spouses are actually in the military also yeah that's true so you're that's that's the real if you you look at the real figure of civilians who are unemployed it's probably closer to 60 70 percent i would i wouldn't even i would not be surprised if it was that high and to me i would have to look at the survey because i personally would be interested on how many they surveyed overseas versus Mm -hmm. stateside or uh more uh out of the way places like in north dakota there's an air force base uh just south of canada border um compared to other places that have bigger uh, and bigger job markets like Fort Lewis, Joint Base Lewis-McCord, outside of Tacoma, Washington. So that would also change a lot there. There's a bill, um, it's called the Military Spouse Employment Act, and what this one would do would actually authorize the appointment of military spouses um, of members of the uh, armed forces who were active, disabled, or deceased to positions that spouses could work remotely. So this is a great thing that could happen, especially for the federal government. This is the federal government employment side, by the way. And uh, where I worked as a military technician for the Army Reserve, I actually know a number of military wives. They were reservists, um, and they 
their husbands were active duty and they would travel along with their husbands wherever they get stationed and move around as a reservist. And sometimes we could really get them a good uh, government job, but as soon as that gets going and they get hired and moving, they get PCS again, the husband would. Mm-hmm. So, and I know a number of them that's just had to resign their position because they couldn't find another job in the area to transfer or one to hire, one of those things. So this would be really good to help out those military wives out there that are already working in the government system, but or those that want to and they're afraid of having to deal with the PCS and the change and everything like that. This is already cha- uh, passed the Senate. So we only have one more to, uh, to one more chamber to get approved, and this is actually a very low cost because they uh, it's not going to cost anything more for the government just to keep them on, <laughs> and it won't cost them anything to keep them remotely. So it's a it's really good uh, bill that everybody really should encourage their house, their house reps to call in and get them to support this. It's Senate Bill 349, Military Spouse Employment Act. Hmm. So what do you think is, is uh, if you were to put your finger on one thing that they could do that's, that would really help um, military family members because of the fact that, you know, we see two trends that, ha- that are happening, um, which has happened forever, but military people in the military tend to marry people in the military, but one of the reasons why is because the economic pressure of trying to marry a civilian could be too great. And a lot of people join the military when they're already married and you have, yeah. so, and then they already have kids which then you can't, we just discussed, it's hard to live off a, off a military salary. So now they have a family on food stamps. Yep. Yep. And so there's that, that leads on to a really good one because there is, uh, where is it? So some, and so you found a survey from the DOD, some 286,800 active duty force members, one in every four military service members experience low food security. So an estimated um, 120,000 are faced with very low food security. Um, so, But these figures don't count the spouses or military children of the troops. So just imagine that many families that's having to deal with this. Mm. And that this is would really help out, or what to help out in this situation would be a bill that's called Military Family Nutrition Access Act, of 2023, Senate Bill 497. This bill would amend the Food and Nutrition Act of 2008, which actually is where the food stamps, the SNAP Act, and everything, all of those benefits are there. And what it would do was exclude the basic allowance for housing from the income for purposes of eligibility for the Supplemental Nutrition uh, Assistance Program. So that BH we were talking earlier, that benefit to help with the housing, um, especially when there's, uh, you know, there's only one employed person in the household, this would actually help them qualify for more uh, incentives, more benefits, and uh, food stamps. That would be a good move, I think, in a move in the right direction. This, mm-hmm. Kind of looking at it from the approach that we kind of use, it, we're trying to do with the VA healthcare system, because in the VA healthcare system, you have things you can do inside the VA facility, but if you need special care, you can go outside of those four walls and get help in the civilian community, but the military still pays for that. Yeah. So being able to use, yeah. but then another thing I think would be, would be beneficial if, um, like you mentioned, they don't tend to keep pace with inflation or adjust with inflation quick enough because there is a budget that comes out once a year. 
Congress is not necessarily the best bean counters in the world. So when they start looking at what they need to make these numbers in order to, to, to allocate benefits, sometimes they can be ahead of inflation, but more often than not, probably behind inflation. Maybe adjusting yeah. or pegging it to an index, like this consumer price index, a CPI, doing something like that where it automatically changes, just like Social Security checks change every year. Yeah, it's it would really help with those type of things being put in place. But it can get really scary um, when it comes to budgetary things. I mean, we went through the debt ceiling crisis, and it's been so crazy. And some of those things and can really cause some issues. Um, I do want to pivot. I want to talk about the, the veteran side real quick. So there's a bill out there called Supporting Veteran Families in Need Act, and that's House Bill 3186. It would actually make a permanent authority to the Secretary of Veterans Affairs to provide financial assistance for or supportive services for very low-income families in permanent housing. This happens a lot. The veterans do um, have issues with um, becoming employed or gaining or having a gainful employment, actually uh, drawing in that income. A lot of times veterans have issues and they have these disabilities, and it takes a lot of time for the disability uh, VA disability benefits to come through. And this, to me, is where it would really help those veterans while they're waiting for the uh, benefits to come for their VA disability, for Social Security to come in. This would really help them out because a lot of times they're surviving on an income that is 1700 a month um, is pretty wow. much the most you can. I think it's uh, you could go a little bit higher of 1900 a month around there from the VA disability, that's almost the highest they can go before getting the 100% or the housing stuff. But for here, for very low income families is another thing because family veterans families are hurt the worst right now uh, in terms of benefits provided for from the VA. We talk about also too the military saying that they have an issue, um, what's been documented, well documented, that they have an issue with recruitment. Do you think if they, if they yeah. really start to attack the, the the benefits issues and making sure that they have a, a, a strong grasp on how they, they compensate people, particularly when they become disabled or when they are looking for support for their families, maybe that would also help get people to reconsider joining the military who, who have said, you know, I can't survive in the military. I've seen my uncle do it. I've seen my brother do it. My sister did it. They're not making any money. They're still struggling. That used to be an avenue for at least trying to get a, a leg up or trying to get find some success. If you were in a town in the south or in a town in a rural area, you would join the military because that was an opportunity for you to be more successful, particularly if you needed a job. But that's yep. from what you're describing, it's like that does not seem to be the case for a lot of people. Yeah, they uh, they can have one hardship to another, and it gets really scary. Um, trying to find what the other one I wanted to point out. But um, right now I do want, here's a couple of statistics for you with that. Um, from the 2001 study that I talked about, only 49% of spouses reported that they were satisfied with the military life. And then a number of spouses who support their wife or husband remaining in the active duty has also gone down. And that was at, four, at 54% that they think that their spouse should stay in the military. But so I wonder, though, if that also has to do with what happened with Afghanistan and what happened with Iraq, because that was a long deployment. You're talking about a 20-year war with multiple well, this deployments. Is this, this is 2021. This is 2021, so it's not that. So the amount of deployments um, compared to a decade and a half before, yeah, that was much worse. But th- this is uh, a lot less um, issues with mm. the deployments from that end. 
So it's not as bad as it was back in 2007, 2008, those type of uh, time frames. So when when the deployments uh, start, did they start to dissipate a little bit as the war kind of got too closer to the end? Um, they started to, dip- to, to I can't even, even say that <laughs> word. They started to go down. Um, Right around where Operation New Dawn happened, especially for Iraq, because you remember um, Barack Obama was President Obama was trying to draw out of Iraq. So mm-hmm, in that yeah. time frame, I would say about the deployments, this decreased by about forty to fifty percent from that time frame, especially from what I, where I saw on the reserve side. I mean, I worked for an engineer command that had a lot of stuff going on, and they were deployed a lot. Mm. And it decreased when Operation New Dawn and the draw out of Afghanistan really happened. Mm. So that means then, I mean, I don't know. I can I really can't see, I mean, once you experience that, that go, your spouse being deployed multiple times and then seeing the, the, the issues that come along with that when that spouse returns oftentimes and the stress that puts on a household, I just can't see how – that doesn't reverberate for years after that experience. And it's not just yeah. for that family, but the families around that family, because everybody sees that. Everybody yeah. in your neighborhood sees what's going on. Okay, I want to I mention this one bill that I've been uh, wanting to talk about, and that's Senate Bill Helping Heroes Act of 2023. This would actually establish a family coordinator for the veterans' family. So it would help them with um, all, the, all the different types of supportive services they're like a social security work a social worker for the families for veterans that can that they would actually have a few at every va hospital to help the veterans get all the benefits that they need to support their families properly that is awesome now that is something mm-hmm. I'm, I'm definitely behind because like i said this is i mean because i have to i have to go back to the fact that this has to play into the the, the part of the military's problem of and of recruitment because yeah. if you looked at in the in the past, people would look like I looked at the military as a way to get education benefits, and then if if my if something goes wrong in my life, at least I can fall back and, and be in the military. Yep. Stuffy right, Kawada, you. you're the greatest. Thanks for all your time again. Can't wait to have you back and see what's going to bring us next time around. Okay, awesome. Thank you guys. Have a good weekend. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.